Welcome back to another edition of Inner World Podcasts with your host, Mary Wynn, and your super du- producer, Adam. I am a super duper producer. Thank you. <laughs> I did not add the duper, okay? I just said super oh. producer. <laughs> oh, well, it's, you know, super duper to producer is pretty cool. How are you? <laughs> you know, still social distancing, um, yeah. living in a world where. I guess this was my dream world, but now I'm living in it. It's not so much. <laughs> Be careful yeah. what you wish for. <laughs> yeah, this is like the ultimate Twilight Zone for yeah. you. I know, right? We're like constantly thinking, oh, I am living in an introverted um, like lifestyle. All the things that I, uh, I wish I was there, like living through FOMO no longer exists because you can't be within six six feet of somebody so yeah Ma- mary i'm gonna be so mad when i find out that you opened uh you like went up and to a wishing fountain and you threw a quarter in there and you're like <laughs> all i want to do is be alone i want to be so mad when we find that out from the news it's a kirsten bell movie <laughs> and the voice that you're hearing right now is our guest today is colette Prospers. Hello, Clyde. Hello. 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 Oh, shoot. Sorry. We're all doing spirit fingers right now. Yeah. yeah. I'm new <laughs> from Brooklyn, new to LA. Oh, oh are yeah? you? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. How do you like LA or your apartment? Either one. Um, I uh, like it. I like it okay. Um, my husband's from Santa Monica, so he really wanted to move back home. Uh-huh. And um, I mean, we definitely picked a great time to get out of New York. <laughs> when did you? Yeah. <laughs> um, when did you get here? We got here in August. Oh, okay. So oh, okay. okay. We are. Um, we don't have to quarantine. Um. And uh, yeah, so yeah, we got here in August, and then I've been doing UCB since since I got here, and uh, and it's been it's been really good for me. Um, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a pretty shy person, and mm-hmm. it's helped me to um, to be um, like if I'm like you know ninety percent shy, it made me like eighty five percent shy. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's huge. That's, that's, that's huge. a huge one. thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so, I mean, if if you call yourself a shy person, would you consider yourself more of a like a Donna or a Christine or a Sherry in the context of this film? Which, or a which Sally? One you or a Sally, of course. I'm a Sally. Oh. We all know this. <laughs> Sally Weston. Yes. Sally Weston. Yeah. Woo. Um. Who am I? I mean, of course, I want to be Gwyneth. Who of course. Doesn't? I mean. Um, I want to be Gwyneth now. Yes. Oh, we all want to be Gwyneth. Let's Give me that goop start, money. Let's all start a revolution in which we uh, we storm Gwyneth Paltrow's mansion. <laughs> I mean, Gwyneth like, now. You know, it's funny with this movie because um, one of my first jobs, I worked as, um, I was like an office manager, receptionist at Miramax on Bob Weinstein's oh. floor. So at oh, 375 yeah. Greenwich. Um, so I worked there and then I eventually worked at Time Out New York, um, where I worked with Elise Lonan, who is like her right hand person at Goop. So wow. I am like, I am 
so close to Gwyneth, like walking past me, ignoring me, like IRL. Like I'm so close to her, like just being in her in her world somehow. Um, but yeah, that's it, it so, just, that's like, super cool. It just hasn't happened yet. Um, <laughs> your your like dream scenario is Gwyneth straight up ghosting you in public. Yes, yes, but like she ghosts me. <laughs> Well, if you guys haven't gotten the context clues for this movie, we are doing View from the Top, 2003's View from the Top. Similar times back then. You know know this movie was slated to come out in 2001. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's funny. December of 2001. Yeah. And it got pushed back. Two years. I can see that. I can see the reason that was would be the reason why this movie didn't do so well because it's actually a really good movie. It's like a simple watch. It has like yeah. all the people, like everybody's really likable in it, and it yeah. has like all the sh- the simple structure of a rom com. Yeah, so, like Mark Ruffalo, so cute. And he had all yeah. those little jokes. Uh-huh. I mean, in a movie with. Uh, what's his name? Uh, with Rob Lowe, he's yeah. more handsome. Yeah. Like, uh, he yeah. A, I, my question is, why was he in this movie? He had such why? a tiny role. Rob, I, yeah, why? Yeah, I know. Um, especially back then, because it's not like he he was uh he was on Parks and Rec by then. Um, famous like um this was like pre Parks and Rec. This was like after his um sex tape that kind of ruined his career oh, for a while. Yeah. Um, oh, th- there's a sex tape? Oh, yes. yeah. He's like he's like OG sex tape guy. This, before Kim Kardashian, before, um, before Paris. Paris. Oh, my goodness. He, he, set, he set a trend, but it was humiliating for him. Um, but yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah, 2003, that's so funny because I, w- I did like a very light research mm-hmm. and... Um, I read that, uh, yeah, it came out, um, it came out in 2003, but like in, in 03, there's this article written by this guy and who knows if it's real, like it's, uh, it was like showbiz411.com or something. And the guy was writing about how there was a premiere of the movie Proof. Um, and that came out around the same time with Gwyneth Paltrow and she, um, there was a really weird premiere at 375 Greenwich, which is one of the offices, Miramax offices. So they had this premiere at um, 375. I guess she was on the outs with Harvey at the time. And she was really mm-hmm. trashing, like lightly kind of trashing um, Mir- like not Miramax, but the Weinstein company and um, and saying how like she was really excited to work with Focus, Focus, Fe- uh, Focus Features, who released um, Proof. And, uh, and then at the premiere uh, or screening or whatever, um, fire alarms went off, like right at like before the end of the movie, something like that, fire, uh, fire alarm and like a strobe light went off and nobody knew how to turn it off. So I, I don't know if she had beef back then, like with Harvey and if there was something going on where like they, they, um, sabotaged her, her premiere, but it was something wow. I read online. And I, so I was wondering like, maybe if a view from the top was filmed, earlier because it seemed like it was um yeah i thought it was gonna be like late 90s but yeah then i saw it was like early aughts 
Yeah. yeah, I I could imagine because there have been so many stories about Harvey Weinstein sabotaging all these movie stars like lives because he yeah. he thought deemed them as like the enemy or something, and so I could totally see this movie being shelved for a while and like ruining its momentum yeah. of being yeah. like a good like a, a well received film. Yeah, and, like, it's, that... it's like a it's I'd say it's a pretty like feminist view too especially for like a rom-com it's like a lot of more females are speaking to each other and not they're not talking about males they're talking about what? their careers yeah yeah definitely that that movie proof did not do well but yeah view from the top i i could kind of see that but like i don't know she ends up with the guy at the end i don't know if he's <laughs> like that i feel that i feel feminist. like it's it tries to be feminist. Yeah. Like at the end, like mean, it's very much. 2003, I'm going to yes. say it's feminist. <laughs> it's, it's 2003 feminist for sure. Yes. Like, Cause even like when it's like, she confronts her, like, you know, like her enemy, her, like, you know, this, if this movie has an enemy, it's, or mm. the big bad, it's Christina Applegate. Right. Mm. And, uh, you know, even in that moment where it could just be two women talking about two women surviving, it's really about like it comes down to like Ted liked you better or something yeah. like that. You know, yeah. it's just like ah, <laughs> and I that's mean, what got still, them to fight. You know? I'm prettier than you. Yeah, yeah. it's still directed by a dude. I mean, like, okay, let's get into the background a little bit. But um, yeah. Dudes. yeah, so it's I, I mean, it's I'm gonna give it enough credit where where it's due, but it's not gonna be like perfectly. Um, but so it's directed by Bruno. Uh, Barreto, who yeah. um, is a Brazilian filmmaker. Yeah. He didn't really do very awesome. much after. Um, he, I think he went back to Brazil after this movie, after Weinstein <laughs> sabotaged this film. <laughs> He's like, fuck it, I'm done. <laughs> he, he, he actually is a very famous uh, Brazilian director. Um, he directed this movie called uh, Dona Flor and Her Two Husbands. It's uh, a movie that I had to watch in college. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wow. It was a, it's an amazing movie. Sonia Braga. He, he's and he was married to Amy Irving, who was also married uh, before that to Steven Spielberg. So, oh, whoa! Yeah. Oh, that is a and crazy... isn't Gwyneth Gwyneth Paltrow's Steven Spielberg's like goddaughter or something yeah, like that, yeah, right? So maybe they and, knew each other. I don't know. And Steven huh. Spielberg's uh, stepdaughter is in this movie too as a cameo. Oh, which? Oh, one? really? Oh, uh, she's one of the flight attendants in the diner. Oh, she was wow. the blonde one. Yeah, she was from Grey's oh. Anatomy. I I oh. got look her up. Um, she was Grey. Chanel. Chanel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um. Anyways, so uh, the movie starring Goop. That's the only name, <laughs> name we should be talking about. Yeah, Goop was a above the title. Of other like '90s early aught um, actresses. Yeah, uh, and actors. Um, the budget was. For this film was thirty million dollars, and it, the box office was nineteen point five million dollars. All right, all right. I mean, it, I mean, it was close enough, I guess. <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, like this is this movie. Speaking, going back to the feminist part about about, about this, like this movie rings as if we're gonna make a feminist movie. But we gotta put something in there for the guys, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's like we, I don't believe women could carry movies, you know? Like it, that's what it rings to me. Like it yeah. still needs to be, and that makes like I think this is like 
unfortunately one of the cases of like why there can't be le- female-led films in Hollywood, like because yeah. of this, like because yeah. of the how these movies react. When in fact, this is like yeah. is more the, the the time it was released than about the actual quality of the film. Yeah, no, and it's funny because it it reminds me of that meme from uh, the Eric Andre show where it's like uh-huh. he shoots the gun at uh, <laughs> yeah. at. Um, uh, what's his, the comedian's name? Um, his sidekick? Uh, Hannibal Burris. Yeah, Hannibal Burris. he shoots Hannibal oh. Burris and says, how could he do that? It just feels like a guy yeah. shooting the gun and saying, at a fil- uh, feminist film and saying, like, how could they... Uh, almost like that. Almost yeah, like yeah, that. like making a feminist film, making it like having the women wear... 10-inch heels yeah. and then yeah. it, fa- it failing to be feminist. And he'd be like, yeah. I can't believe they did that, you know? Like yeah, 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 exactly. Um, okay, so let's get into our pitches. And you, uh, Colette, you mentioned that you had two pitches. Yeah, uh, I mean, they're kind of weird and maybe even, like, political, but I don't mm. know. Uh, well, I can go first. Um, yeah. So my pitch is that don't touch the original, just come out with a sequel. <laughs> and the sequel is it's where, perfect. yeah, it's where a young woman wants to be a pilot because of Goop's character. Oh wow, that's yes. really great. So it's like kind of like um, mapping over the first original, in which this time it's about a pilot. Yeah, you're Being just doing a like a, a reboot of it, yes. essentially, yeah, for the essentially. younger generation. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah. I mean, I could see that because, especially the the end, um, which is like such a throwaway. They're like, "Damn, how are we going to end this movie?" I know. Get in the pilot seat. That guy was asleep in the beginning. Oh we God! Need somebody okay. to fly that plane. That scene screamed of reshoots. Yeah. Screamed yeah. of reshoots. Yeah, they tested it for sure. And then at the end, they were like, the, we need to amp up the feminism. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. It, it was like so out of left field because it's like her whole thing was like, I want to be a flight attendant. And then yeah. it, not once did yeah. she mention, I want to fly those things. Just, yeah. yeah. Total left yeah. turn. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that- um, but yeah, you your yes, your your uh pitches, please. Okay, so wow. Um one pitch I thought well, okay. So I thought the movie, and this is uh sort of a strange idea. My son is calling me, but um, <laughs> I my hopefully my husband will take care of that. No worries. Um well I was thinking if, it was kind if of he like, has a pitch too, he can join <laughs> you. Yeah, he has he always has pitches. Uh there was a lot of bad behavior, basically um, white lady behavior. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought yes. you from the top was um, an exploration of white lady behavior because like, here's this woman, um, good looking, short shorts, easy life. I mean, yes, she lived in a trailer. That's not cool. What, so if you had to pitch on like how to fix the non-white lady behavior, what would it be? Um, yes, I would probably, I'd probably delve deeper into it. I would like go all the way. I would like, I would have her take over Candace Bergen's life. Like some, like all about Eve, like somehow like um, in that, in that way, like she's like Betty Davis or not Betty Davis. Um, well, uh, Candace Bergen would be the Betty Davis, like the, Uh you know, this like star stewardess. Um, who has this book, but then somehow Gwyneth wedges her way into her life, like yeah. a master, and Essentially, just totally, 
totally just destroys it. Um, okay, yes. so let us, let's dive into <laughs> on it. That. Yeah, yeah let's... <laughs> let's dive into the actual movie, shall we? So we open on a little Donna with a voiceover about how she was a little girl from uh, Silver Springs, Nevada, living in a trailer home with her mom and her deadbeat husbands. Yes. It's her birthday. And she, it's a very sad white trash situation for her. And, um, and then we smash cut to like her, the present day where she, uh-huh. like, she, cause before she wished to be like, to leave her small town, but she never does. She like falls into, um, kind of a life of just very comfortable, uh, living where she has a boyfriend, a job at big lots, yeah, then, shout out to Big Lots. Yeah, yeah. Big Lots. Um, I don't think I've been in one. I think I've been in one in college. That was I'll, my... t- I'll tell you what. They definitely don't sell baggage there. Uh, <laughs> oh. They they definitely don't sell like traveling stuff <laughs> there. Oh, man. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like a Kmart of sorts, right? Right. Yeah. Um, so... On her birthday of um, of the present day, she gets broken up with, and that's like the inciting incident that like kind of propels her to want to like leave her small town, and yes. um, and so she quits. And this is the line that I, ca- I thought was kind of funny. Um, I left my job at Big Lots and thought of becoming an alcoholic. Yes. There are like s- some really yeah. funny lines in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I think that's, I think I laughed the hardest. Like, I, that's one of the first big laughs for me, for sure. Yeah. There are like, some like, really funny quality stuff in here. But go yeah. on. I, yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. I like the, um, the you're breaking up with me in a birthday card. The no yeah. breaking up cards. Okay. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, there's like some really funny stuff in this movie. So it's like kind of hard to believe that it didn't do well. It's like a really yeah. funny film. Um, so, uh, Donna, like, while she's, like, in this drunken stupor, she, like, sees an interview from, um, Candace Bergen's character, Sally Weston, talking about her, uh, her new book that's coming out about her, her life as a flight attendant, as the number one flight attendant. And she talks about (laughs) how, like, she leaves her small town, like, she was, like, almost... A, like a mirror older image of um, Donna's character or uh, Gwyneth's character, Donna. Yeah. And like, she, like what you were saying that she drives out from her small town and just goes to a small commuter airport and just asks for a job. They, there was like no listing. Yeah. Um, and like, usually I think, I don't, I don't know how different it is. Um, Cause this movie was probably filmed pre nine 11. So there's yeah. like a lot more precautions nowadays. Yes. Yeah. Um, including yeah. like uh, flight attendants don't really start off as flight attendants. They like work the the counter for a little while. Oh, oh yeah. wow, wow! I didn't know that. Yeah, it's like a like a kind of a stepping stone to get up to flight attendant status. But maybe for commuter flights, they need like different people. Yeah. Did you ever want to be a flight attendant, Mary? <laughs> Not me? Um, not really. It was never, like, kind of my bag. But my boyfriend wanted to be. 
Oh, really? Point, wow. Yeah. It's because you get to travel and stuff, but like, the more I think about it, like, it's nice to travel, but you don't want to travel as your job. No. Oh, man. That's, I mean, that's, well, you, your boyfriend does do that now, right? Yeah. He does travel for his job. So, I mean, that's, that's what I, I would love that job personally. Really? What's he Just do? not like not dealing with uh, all this. Stuff. Oh, I mean, I'm talking about being a flight attendant, but yes, he, uh, your, your boyfriend travels for work as an yeah, audio engineer, Yeah, because he's right? a sound yeah. mixer. Yeah. Ooh, for movies? Yeah. Um, no, for commercials and stuff and like, oh, conventions wow. and stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Fancy. Uh, nice what job. about you, Colette? Would you want to be a flight attendant? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. I mean, definitely. Like, I love. Um, I, I love some of their their uniforms. Like, I remember. Um, I remember seeing uh, the these. Uh, these uh, attendants that worked uh, for like, uh, I think they worked for like Emirates, like um, UAE's airline. I forgot what it's called, um, but gorgeous. Um, and I also like Delta's um, uniform too. But it's not uh, a job you would be into though. No, I mean, I would totally wear the uniform, but like, I'm not going <laughs> to like, I'm not going to work a plane. You, you so just want to work cosplay like a nice skirt, as essentially. A- <laughs> I just want them to get my drink and I just want to like take my flight and go on my way. But I'd be like, Oh, I like your suit. Where can I buy that? <laughs> and then maybe I would wear it a couple of times. Um, and then that's um, call it a day. So um, before her first shift, Donna meets Sherry and um, she's like kind of like the older matronly like flight attendant of um, of what was it? Sierra Sierra Airlines. Well, that's what yes. their uh, <laughs> their small commuter plane is um, on the her on her very first flight because before this we find out that she's never flown before. This is like her first kind of foray as like a job, and um, she meets co pilot Steve, which is. Rob Lowe, who never shows up again. Yes. Steve, his name is co-pilot Steve Bench. Yes. Yes. They're what like, you know, you know how to really put this movie on the top? Put in Rob Lowe for five minutes. That's a movie. <laughs> That's what's going to save this movie. Yeah. Um, and she... She starts freaking out as they take, a, like, they take off into the skies. Like, um... And it's like the funniest freak out ever, too. <laughs> it's like her just like losing her minds and like telling everybody that they're going to crash, which is like the number one thing you shouldn't, you never want to see yeah. on a flight. Yeah. It was, this was super funny, and like this is something one of uh, one of the uh, many times in this films where we see Gwyneth Paltrow like fully commit to a bit yeah. and it's wow. like wow she is amazing like this is yeah. why she's famous that's why she yeah. won the oscar yeah. <laughs> um so she like at, um we get a little small montage of her getting used to flying and actually excelling to the point where she gets her own trainee who is christina applegate christine um Later, while, like, they're the three uh, flight attendants who become fast friends, they're, like, tanning on top of, like, this houseboat. Um, Donna meets Ted, the actual love interest. Because at first you think, oh, Rob Lowe, you're going to be the love interest. No, it's oh. Mark Ruffalo. I mean, tanned. It, 
twist. It's, it's pretty interesting that we are introduced to like the two kind of men uh, in this, and that one is lit- they're driving completely opposite vehicles. Yeah, <laughs> yes. like one's driving something in the sky, the other one's driving. He rolls up in a boat, and yeah. I thought it was like, oh, this is going to be kind of a fun thing where we're going to get like a like a, a love triangle situation yeah. where she has I... to pick between the ground and the sky. Oh wow. <laughs> Or something that like that. Yeah, I thought there, I thought there was gonna be some sort of like love triangle, like struggle, like because of course, like he he could have been like kind of the plant of an idea of why she at the end, spoiler, she becomes a pilot. Like, right? There could have been some sort of like easier transition to that different job, like um, that different job uh, description she goes right. for. Right. Yeah. yeah. The ending we can all agree is a 100% cop out. It's just yeah. like it it's like <laughs> it, it's like a, you know, a great sketch where all of a sudden they just change the game at the end. It's like that's yeah. not what we were doing. Why did you do that? Not yeah. a good ending. It's like oh, yeah, the, no. the girls are like that. Women are like that. She's a she's a pilot now. <laughs> yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. Well, the, all the movie producers for this film are from the 1940s. Yeah, and they're constantly the chopping on, yeah, cigars. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I also love the idea. It's just like that you could, the idea is it's you go flight attendant for local, you move to flight attendant to like kind of uh, express then international and the ultimate graduation for a flight attendant is becoming a pilot like yeah. that's not that's not the same thing they're not the same they're not it's, the same it's not the same um okay so like after she meets yeah yeah after she meets uh ted there's like obviously a spark between them um and christine tries to wedge herself in between them but like to like terrible results, and he and, almost saw her her uh, her you know love pillows her her, <laughs> her you know her yes boobies. yes yes her breasts were almost flopping out for the Ted yes <laughs> the Ted man yeah um so and he used a, a bread a, a bread wire thing to um like a uh, MacGyver to latch her. the bra together yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, oh yeah, um, Donna. Like uh, at one point, the mechanism for them to meet was like basically her her bra snapping open from behind, yeah. and like he fixes it. <laughs> Those are meat cute. <laughs> meat um. So the next day at a diner, uh, Christine, Sherry, and Donna are like at uh, sitting at the diner. When all of a sudden, three flight attendants from New York with Louis Vuitton bags and like Chanel, they're very expensive and high end. And I was like, I don't think flight attendants actually make that much, even if it is like a better hub. Um, Well, I do like to mention that, like what they're wearing as flight attendants, because it hasn't been mentioned really. They're practically, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say like borderline, they're like, Practically strippers, I guess. Oh like, yeah, as far for as, the Sierra flight attendants. For the Sierra, yeah. yeah, they're they're wearing like I swear to God, they're like glass bottom uh, boots yes. and yeah. 
a very tight spandexy thing, and their hair is blown out like it's fucking like in the like at the eighties. Oh, I did want to mention that this film opens and closes with uh, uh, "Don't Stop Believing," oh, but yeah. not by Journey, by a, yeah. a cover of the song yes. sung by the original singer because they could not afford the original song. Yes. <laughs> so, oh my god! But, and I noticed there was a time after time sounded kind of off too. Yeah, yeah, they couldn't pay for the actual rights, I guess. Because I mean, this is literally, this is like the perfect, I mean, like they probably, whoever's lawyer for uh, Journey was like, oh, this is like literally the story that we tell in small, in uh, Don't Stop Believing. Yeah, we're going to charge you a bunch of money for this. And they're like, well, fuck you. We'll we'll get, we'll get, uh, we'll get the cover. (laughs) OMG. Yeah. Wow. But it's, they have hard like 80s hair blowouts. Yes. Uh, it's so, like, you know, 20 years things, too late. Yeah. One of the things about Sierra is that it's known for big hair and short skirts. That's like Ooh. literally the tagline for Sierra. Which is, like, which is well, who wants that in a, in a, in a, in a flight? Like I want safety and quickness. How about it's, that? It's like, like, I don't want of the sky. <laughs> I don't want that. I mean, you don't go to Laughlin and not go to Vegas. It's it's literally Laughlin versus Vegas for Sierra Airlines. Yeah. So like it doesn't it like makes sense to like kind of the aesthetics of the airline. Yeah, yeah. the whole the whole pr- the whole his whole business model is getting horned out creeps to fly to fly on his. Uh, air, airline for an hour, and that's yeah. it. That's his whole business model. Is like, well, we got to get the creeps. That's where we're at. You know? Yeah. <laughs> okay, and so after they we got places to go. Um. So after um, like uh, Donna and the two other flight attendants uh, from Sierra, like, have that run in. She convinces them to go and interview for a spot in the Royalty Airlines Academy or like a, like a training um, program yes. in San Francisco. So they all just pile into a car, drive out to San Francisco to do this interview. And then we and get like this montage. Prayer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, there was yeah. Like, and they were just like singing it, belting it. It was a very fun scene. And their yeah, colors, I'm, I'm the, their outfit. Oh, really? Yeah, Bon Jovi is very important to us. Okay, go on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the colors on the colors that they're wearing is like they're literally like if this is 1999, let's just say this is when this was filmed, or 2000 when this was filmed. It's like their clothing is so not of any style. Like you know what I mean? Like I had to check when this movie was made because. It looked like okay. This is, has to be 1992. That's the only exp- reason why they're wearing lime green leopard print fucking dresses. To oh, yeah, like like even for like a you know uh, someone that's supposed to be like I don't know what would you just de- what's like a how to describe their kind of aesthetic like it, not it trashy like but Michelle. like yes like yeah it's totally like that yeah like yeah, yeah kind of like Lake Havasu fashion yeah. right. Yeah, like, but like, in, <laughs> but in like 1991, like it wouldn't make sense for them to show up like that now or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. There's there's cheesy gear in the early aughts. Yeah, I, I definitely I definitely wore a shiny shirt or two to to a club. 
but it would yeah, be like bikini like, bikini straps, right? Or and like uh, like uh, like uh, bejeweled uh, jean shorts and, or jean yeah. skirts and stuff. I mean, like, again, I'm from New Jersey, so um, yeah. I mean, that, I, I, I've seen I've I've seen women dressed like that, and, uh, and I've, I've partied with them. I've had a good time with them, conversations, and. Yeah. Uh, Listen, yeah. we all know New Jerseyans <laughs> are down to party. We're, yeah. We all know that. That's what they're known for. That's half of what The Sopranos was about. Uh, yeah. Pizza. So, um, and also, also kind of the timeline is kind of weird because uh, Sherry mentions that she worked on Pan Am. Oh, right. Well. Oh, right. Yeah. So it is. it does feel like it is supposed to be in the early 90s because Pan Am went out of business probably like in the 70s, I'd say. Yeah, there yeah. was that, that like weird show with Christina Ricci and it was like set in the uh-huh. 50s. It was kind of like, like pre-Mad Men. But yeah, they had, it, had a, it had a time where, yeah, it was a huge airline and then it it's, just disappeared. It ceased operations in 1991, Pan Am. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. So potentially, potentially. Maybe, yeah, potentially. Like, okay, yeah. maybe the timeline isn't that bad. Okay, so in uh, San Francisco, they have they go and meet the head instructor who is played by none other than Mike Myers. Yes. <laughs> so funny. He does, like, a physical, like, he does, uh, he has, like, kind of a... Um, an eye that would prevent him from being like a flight attendant. So yes. he teaches flight attendant. Um, and his name is uh, John uh, Whitney in the, in the movie. And he's just <laughs> so funny. It's very clear that he's improvising the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember sorry, that line. I'm sorry. I remember that line um, where the you you put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. Like I remember that's that. That's where this movie came. That's like that's the lineage of this movie. That's yes. the that that saying, which everybody knows, we've all heard it. Yeah, is from this movie. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's he is like everybody really plays really well in this movie too. Like comedy wise, like they're they like. Give definitely give and take for a lot of times, especially with Mike Myers in the scene. He's like, de- they know that he's the star of that scene. Uh-huh. I mean, I will say, I kind of hated that he had the eye thing because I thought yeah. it was really in- insensitive to people that oh. had those. Yeah, but that would not I was just, work be- now. Right, yeah, no. and I, I and I thought that maybe I like I originally hated it because I was like, this seems like a choice that he just made, and it didn't make sense. Yeah. And then when like kind of as when the movie just like when we kind of when he she takes the test and you know it like he's like all happy for her at the end. I was like, oh, that's why he had to have that. You know, he's it like him not being able to be an actual flight attendant was why he was so hard on her. I was like, okay, I guess, yeah, I mean, like, all right, I'm on board. It's just, like, a lot of the jokes were a little too much relying on, like, this disability. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was a little too much on that, and they could have leaned on more that he is an extremely silly person. Even without the disability, if you took that away, like he is such a weirdo and like, why would you ever want him as a flight attendant? Because he doesn't take anything seriously or anything. I think think a male flight attendant is funny enough. Like not that it's like just somebody who's super chipper and super Uh uh, just like upbeat and professional. 
that's just a funny character trait. Regardless, they don't need a an additional physical trait at all. Like him just being like super tight and like acting like he's a, a hotel uh, concierge the whole time is um, is funny enough on its own yeah. on its own right. Right, right, and then also like um, you know stewardess. Like it, it seemed like it's a it's that's women's work. Um, oh, right. You know, being yeah. a, a, a flight attendant. So that also, yeah, just yeah. that that. Um, yeah, just him being being a guy trying to do a woman's job, like being a nurse or something. God forbid. Yeah. You yeah. Know, yeah. Mention nurses. Oh my God. Um, so yeah. it's, it's like it's that sort of mentality. Um, yeah, but yeah, Mike Myers always has to have some kind of like shtick, like um, you know, the eye thing, or like when he's Austin Powers with the hair and the yeah and the teeth and the teeth. Yeah. Like he always has to have something. He right. can't just you know be. He can't just be, you know, himself. It always has to, he has to add layers, but um, yeah. yeah. In the, in this interview segment that we're about to get to, like Uh two things really stuck out to me was that Christina Applegate had amazing comedic timing in it. And it was just like, of course, this is why we all love Christina Applegate more. She, this is like her kind of proving that she was more than just the married with children kind of Mm. hot daughter it was like, oh, she is hilarious in her delivery. Oh, Secondly, yeah. the last shot of of this is like is of Mike Myers and his he I think they totally did this on purpose. It was because the whole bit was like, no, it's this eye. No, it's this eye. He was pointing yeah. to the eye that was like crooked, right? Yeah. On the last shot, he switches the eye. So it's <laughs> actually the other eye. So <laughs> I, I was like, that. all right, that's kind of fun. That's kind of fun. Oh no. I'd miss that. Oh my, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and like you forget that Christina Applegate was in SNL. She was the in the infamous like uh uh down by the river sketch oh. with uh Well like, she was the uh, guest. She was the guest oh, was on that the guest episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She wasn't a river. cast member. I don't remember that. Chris Farley, um, down by the river. Yeah. Where we Ooh. gotta send it to you. You got it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, in a van down by the river. No? <laughs> oh my god, you haven't oh my god. I don't remember. We're sending we're sending it to you. So um the only two uh the only person who doesn't get into the program is Sherry, who's like uh, she, I she didn't I want the bed with that interview. Yeah, yeah. Um, at the end, at the very end, she says something, she mentions something about his eye and then that's the reason why she didn't get into the program. And, and she was saying that she knew it's fine. Like she wanted to get out anyways. And, um, and I kind of wish she came back. I was kind of hoping she would come back because she was a very important figure in Donna's care, character development. Yeah. And, um, and she doesn't, that was the end of her, her being there because yeah, it could have been like, I, you know, it could have been like, kind of like, um, Sally Weston is like the dream mentor when Sherry is a perfectly great mentor for her, Donna. Yeah. Yeah. She was an awesome mentor for her. And then, and then she just like, um, I don't know. It was like imposter syndrome or like, yeah. Church of Scientology was this like, <laughs> you know, fail at the interview just just bomb bomb really yeah. badly so you don't get hired so you can stay well um because sherry is played by uh kelly preston yeah another um uh, another uh this is her second film for in a world podcast um uh, her first one was gaudy 
Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Well, we did Gandhi back in uh, our second ever episode. God bless you. Yeah. Watching that. Um, so, so one of the, as we mentioned, uh, Sally Weston, um, the, the person who inspired, um, Donna to go on this journey is one of the mentors in the program. And, um, like she invites all the, um, the trainees to her house in, um, Dallas and they have this dinner and she starts describing the scene about how her and her husband met because it was in first class and he kept on demanding warm nuts. A lot yes. of, lot of <laughs> a lot of like work on this warm nuts pun throughout the yes. whole film. Oh my God, yes. Stacey Dash. You didn't mention Stacey, Stacey Dash cameo. Yes. She was the yeah. warm nuts. She got the brunt of the warm nuts uh, thing, like army, yes. army, whatever. Yes. Yeah, uh, haranguing. In- not only that, but during the dinner, but uh, one of the flight attendants, um, I didn't write down his name, but he is gay. And yes. he is definitely making Mr. Weston very uncomfortable with his sexuality. <laughs> oh. Which is, all it is, is just like, like, uh, well, he says, like, for his first line is like, oh, I'm just one of the girls, right? Like, mm. uh, his name's Joshua Molina. Yes. Uh, uh, and and then it literally it goes from that to being like hubba hubba or something like that or to, as I'd loved some of those warm nuts myself or something like that. Oh, yeah, no, don't say warm nuts. <laughs> the problem was was that um, his character I felt like it was one of those things back in the early or early aughts or late nineties. They had these gay, gay characters that are best friends and they're overly like. Um, they, their only personality is gay, so yeah. I felt like one-dimensional. Like, yeah, like it was just so over the top and very like old school representation of LGBTQ characters. And I'm, I'm very glad that we got over it pretty fast. Yes. Um. So at one point, we got to note that during uh, when Donna goes to the bathroom, she sees that there's. Uh, plain soaps, uh, soaps that are in shapes of planes. Which is like, uh, what a what a baller move. You yeah. Know? Like, that's like, I was thinking about that. I was like, that's if like I, I had microphone soaps in my <laughs> yeah, bathroom. Yeah, I mean, when you <laughs> love what you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, Did that make you feel insecure at all? Like, maybe I don't really like being a producer. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, wow, I guess I'm not like a baller like I thought yeah, I was. Yeah. I gotta go make custom soaps for my house. Yeah, yes. that and somehow invite people despite the social distancing so yeah. they can see that you have microphones. I, yeah. I, they were also like gross soaps, like not yeah. like fancy soaps you would expect like a rich person to have. It's like those weird like 50s like jelly soaps, you know, like yeah. it's not like Crap, a Crabtree and Evelyn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. So um, at one point, Sally, like, pushes Donna to, like, aspire for the best. Aspire for first cat class Paris. That is her dream. And I was like, is it really Donna's dream? Or is it somebody who, like, Sally, who's put, pressing it on her? Um, yeah. You know, well, I mean, she, she wanted to, She wanted to be Sally, pretty much, right? Yeah, that's true. But um, there was no acknowledgement of that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
because it felt like it felt like I wish that there was an acknowledgement in which like Donna doesn't really know what her she wants in life it feels yeah. like it's like just living Sally Weston's life right she just kind of was just like floating through life and then she um somehow sees that flying that through life just some flying would through say life, view on top view from the top and she's like, oh, yeah, that woman, that woman looks cool. I want to be like her. And then um, she just like, she just like shapeshifts, you know, and then she like, you know, then it's like, oh, but Mark Ruffalo, I don't know. And then finally, she finally has her moment, though, um, with that yellow coat. But anyway, um, yeah, I yeah. Know um, uh, so she gets like uh so during classes uh, the classes donna's like excelling she's studying so hard everything comes very naturally to her because she works so hard towards it because there's a, this montage of her studying and like being the one of the best students in class yeah. and uh, we also get like glimpses of mike myers being mike myers in this in which he he plays a disgruntled um uh, a flyer passenger the, yeah 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 the shirt on that said disgruntled uh passenger on it and yeah. um again Dash, going to, going yeah, to the he, the warm nuts well here yes yes and he mentions that he knows what a uh like who what kind of animal was it the warm nuts who had warm nuts it was like bear, oh, a bear uh, or something? Uh, uh, polar bear. A po- yes, a polar Arctic bear. polar bear. Oh, who's, yes. I've actually touched one of those and turns out very warm or something. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Later on in the dorms, um, Christine like kind of freaks out because she can't absorb all this information from her classes. And Gosh. it turns out that she had also stolen hand soaps from Sally's house, which um, uh, uh, Donna, like, kind of reprimands her for and says, like, no flight attendant should steal stuff because it's against the rules. There's a lot of, like, dropping, like, hints to what's going to happen in this film. It's very, like, pretty well done for considering. Uh Yeah, foreshadowing of all these little things that would lead to the end. Yeah. Except for the the like certain characters that show up, but needs to like that was their main purpose was just for those couple of scenes. Mm-hmm. Um. So the next day, the trainees take a test, and uh, Donna's like super confident. She was like, she's gonna like, she's gonna get New York. She's just that's her her thing. She's gonna do it. It turns out she doesn't get it. She gets. The Royalty Express and Christine gets New York. And all she is, she literally just goes to Cleveland. Oh, no. City of love. I mean, some would say Cleveland is the Paris of America. Uh, (laughs) It's the city of it's the city of love. Uh, We all know that brotherly love. True. Love (laughs) is still in the title. So close enough. And it's also called the mistake on the lake as well. <laughs> oh, I never knew that. Yeah, it's one of their many titles. Because I think um, Lake Erie, which borders it, was on fire for a while. Oh, is that what like kicked off all the like environmental stuff, like with Nixon? Yes. Oh. Yeah, because I think it was 
the lake that looks just so polluted or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty awful. Um, so on her days music. off, uh-huh. on her days off, she, uh, Donna, like, tries to learn French as well because that's one of the uh, things that uh, <laughs> international flight attendants should do is, like, no languages. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, really? Is that true? Because, like, it seems like like it's a like a lot to ask for. <laughs> I, I would imagine it's like it's like hiring for like the FBI or CIA. Like they want the people that naturally speak those things and can go back and forth in between both languages. Right, That's and I, I've seen TSA um, people like looking at people's like IDs and just shifting into like Mandarin or like Japanese. Oh. I've seen that before. So like. Yeah, I think, um, and uh, yeah, why not? You know, yeah, get it, girl. Yeah. Learn some this French. Is, Bonjour. This <laughs> is uh, to to go off your your point, Colette. Too. This is like one of the first moments where we see kind of her. Uh, white girl magic wear off, yes. you know. You know what I mean? <laughs> like this is her first hardship <laughs> at this point. Like she actually is tested, and like she didn't get the thing that she wanted because she's yeah. uh, a white, like very attractive white woman, you know. But so I'm it's a like white yeah. woman, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's just yes. like How it's like okay. and that's. But ultimately, it's just like okay. Well, then what is this movie? Because what I would like out of this movie is Citizen Kane, but with. A flight attendant. That's what I want out of this. Yeah. I just, I want it to be a, a meteoric rise where she's sitting in uh, her top, the top of her mansion yelling her rosebud, which is probably warm nuts or some bullshit. Yeah, no. uh, <laughs> and then we warm discover nuts. how she turned, how she turned out that way. Uh, yeah. That's what I, but it, ultimately it's just like, okay, now this is a movie about how this person overcame her being white? Like, what's the problem? Like, she, I don't yeah. understand. she didn't overcome it. Yeah, she, didn't, it yeah. like, she just kept on going. Yeah. It wasn't she, like she she was, like, um, forced to stay in there forever. She got a year. She had to work a year to, and then move up. Right. But she, um, she was just, like, so overcome with emotions and uh, calling everything bullshit and, like, getting mad about it. But they gave her a year. Like, it wasn't a year could go by very fast, especially oh, yeah, since, yeah, it's nothing. She, since she's like working a lot and she's taking, she's learning French and stuff. But <laughs> uh, and it, it, so and I was like, why don't you try to make friends or something? It just felt like she was all alone. Yeah, get over it. yourself, lady. Yeah. yeah. But then yeah. she's also got this, like, I mean, we discover it like a minute later into this is that she got Ted now. Ted is yeah. in Ohio or Cleveland and just I mean like how perfect is that and it's like yeah. well that's how you distract yourself and it it like what's and it's like okay so we have a minute of diversity in this in this plot and then just like okay well if she doesn't get the job she has the guy and like yeah. all right well and and then cool cool movie and we're no, done you know she, ha- yeah. she has to goop it yes yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think of it expression of like white lady behavior is it, uh, like the I was looking like the Becky code or there was this one article called white women come get your people that I wrote down um but like is it like she gooped it like is that can that be a thing? yeah no that pizza <laughs> that he delivered actually tasted like her vagina uh... <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes <laughs> um so 
Um, so as, as we uh, foretold, um, at a restaurant, she's looking through this magazine of like kind of Paris, like, um, clothing dupes where uh-huh. like one side is like thousand plus dollars, $1,600 of clothing. That's like very Parisian. And then the other side, it's like a hundred dollar something for like kind of almost exactly the same, but kind of different. And she like... All of a sudden, she Ted runs into her, and they fall madly back in love. And he's there because he's finishing law school, and um, and they like almost instantly afterwards become an item because he moves in within a day or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, they have like a year together. Maybe like rent is really high, so yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, and they. Um, and then later, um, Donna decides to hire, cause she, she was like, I should hire a lawyer to look into these test scores. Cause they wouldn't give her her test to see like yeah. for her to fact check or like check it. And so, um, but she becomes like really obsessed with these test scores. And I was like, just keep your head down for a look, a couple it's more just months. just a year. It's not like yeah. she's in quarantine. Yeah. She's being a she's being a real fucking Karen in this. Yeah. <laughs> Let me talk to your manager. Yeah. I don't think this is right. I didn't get the thing I wanted. Exactly. Yeah. And um, so Hold your horses. The, also, she's like kind of holding back from Ted, even though she's um getting really like close with him. He invites her to his family's for Christmas, and but she's afraid of falling in love because she doesn't want to choose the career over him and i was like why don't you just talk to him about it like it's not like anything like she's posted in the first place that like hey letting you know this is my dream to be international and i want to like fly to paris like he he knows that yeah Yeah. so why didn't he just like them having that conversation where she's like i want to do this and will you move with me I yeah. mean, if anybody can have a long distance relationship, it's definitely the person that gets free fucking flights. Hello. To, like, like, what are we talking about? Like, it's not like it's not like something is hindering. It's not like he's also like, I want a, I want a wife that stays home, and like, he's like super chill, and she's yeah. literally like, her job is to travel back and forth from one place to another for yeah. free. So, yes. what's the problem? What's the yeah. problem? Exactly. It's like in Mrs. Maisel. I'm sorry for another side, but like um, in Mrs. Maisel, she she had that great doctor and she dumped him because she figured that like he couldn't handle her being a comedian. And he said he said to her, like, I would have been fine with it. Like, you, you didn't ask me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He did. She Spoilers did, for she season did. two. Season yes. three. <laughs> sorry, sorry, everybody. But but uh, but yes. Yeah. He, he she did not give him the courtesy of uh, of ad just saying how she feels yeah there were so i feel like it was like kind of a flimsier um plot device like if they had shifted to like the idea of like a cheaper version versus an expensive version let's say like um uh sally weston versus a sherry like where does like if that those two worlds were kind of more the driving force between behind her instead of this romance that is like there's no real problem in this romance. Yeah. He loves yeah. her and she loves him and he was a ter- becoming a lawyer and there are 
there are plenty of jobs in New York to be a lawyer. Oh, oh, yeah. And he'll have a job, too. Yeah. It's, yeah. There's, like, no problem. Um, yeah. They just wanted to really force this, like, romantic, feel like, romance storyline. Again, like, if he had okay. just been a boat captain, this thing would have been so much easier <laughs> to define. Well, yeah, because she'd be like, I got to dump this guy. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I, yeah. So at totally. one point at the Cleveland hub, she runs into Christine and, um, and Christine has to stay over and stuff because, um, her flight got delayed. And during their hangouts, it's very clear that she's been stealing from the airlines because she dumps out her bag and, uh, yeah. <laughs> she oh, man. Like I didn't catch that mean. at all. Uh-huh. I didn't catch that at all. That really okay. That makes so much I just thought it was like a weird brag that she had a bunch of shit in her fucking purse. <laughs> that totally makes sense now. Okay. Yeah. Um and she she starts talking about like how like she she handled this one um car- this one uh, passenger with like a strong arm even though uh cuz he had like this oversized like instrument that he was trying to put in the overhead bin yeah she gave him an ultimatum but Donna was like no you're not supposed to do that you're supposed to offer them ha- a seat at half price so that they can put it ne- next to them and yeah, she's like what whatever whatever in the manual uh huh yeah. She also she also said uh, Christina Applegate said described it as a musical case, and I yeah. was like, okay, that was a fuck up. Where's the continuity? Like they, that's uh, that mean they did that take in one take, and no one was like, uh, oh shit, like they couldn't find what the actual thing was was instrument case, yeah. and they didn't have they didn't have a take for that one, so they just like, well, fuck it, I guess we got to leave that one in. Yeah, the, the producer came in with the cigar. He's like, we got to move on. Yeah. Next scene. <laughs> cut, cut. This is, this is ridiculous. This is too much. Yeah. Yes. So she goes to talk to Sally um, because Donna, like, Donna can't handle it. She's like, I got to go talk to her. Get my copy of my, um, my test. Um, it's basically calling the manager, if you will, to get what she needs or she Karen. wants. Yeah, um, Donna's acting a real Karen right now. Um, and it turns out that Christine has switched the tests and because the way that they know that is because Christine's been putting hearts over her eyes. And it's a there was like, Yeah, there was a kind of like a, a callback to like an earlier scene where she co- like complimented uh, Christine's hearts. And, um, and yeah, it's like... We all already knew that she switched the tests. Like it was kind of like an obvious like thing for the audience. Not for me. I thought they really? were best friends. I thought they were best friends. Uh, I, I, it literally came out of nowhere for me. She, yeah. Um, I mean, she was always. Um, she seemed like she had it out for her somehow. Like because it was because she had Ted and, and yes, you know, she had the life she always wanted. Mm-hmm. So Sally uh, gives her the option to uh, gives Donna the option to retest right away, and to get out of Cleveland, and um, and then uh, secretly Sally calls in a ghostwriter on um, Christine's plane to catch her in the act of stealing, which uh, she immediately gets fired for. 
later that night, like Donna, like waits for Ted, and she's like he- hanging heavy because um, she she tells him that she might be like um, being placed in New York for her job, and it was again like she didn't give him the option of saying like, "Hey, I'll meet you in New York." Yeah, it or was like, like almost a, a finite mention of like their relationship. Or, I do, mean, do you want to come with me? Or yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, okay. To be fair, you know, you're getting your law degree. Uh, you do need to like figure out where you want to practice law, and then study for that state's bar exam. Yeah. But again, it's not like I don't think he was going to try to stay in Cleveland the whole time because he's mm-hmm. from Nevada. So, or right, he's like from Nevada, right? So, no, he it, lived. Yeah. He's from Cleveland, he's but he lived in Nevada. Right. He wanted oh, to see. run away. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then, yeah. So maybe he did want to stay in Cleveland because that's where he wanted to practice law or something. Yeah. Or something yeah. along yeah. those lines. Yeah. We didn't really get his whole gist, his whole life plan. He just said that he wanted to be a lawyer. That was it. Yeah. 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 Those would be a lawyer. Yeah. Like he, he, he was very one dimensional too, in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very much he, so. He was just the man candy. Yeah, just Mark being super charming and like a a love interest. That's basically it. So um, Donna gets retested. She gets a perfect score. And it's the first time in seven years that the uh, Royalty uh, Flight Academy has ever gotten um, a perfect score because the first one, seven years before, it was John Whitney's um, test that got perfect score. Yeah, Mike Myers. Yes. It turns out Mike Myers also had a perfect score. So that's, and he's like, never done before except for me type of thing. Yeah. He could have been a contender. Yeah. Um, Which is, it really makes him like a really sympathetic character that he always, he really strived for it. And, but obviously he, uh, because of his disability, they couldn't place him as a flight. But I was like, really? All you really have to do is, I don't know, push a cart? Not to say deduce like oh, a flight oh, attendant. No. Well, no. that's what I'm saying. That, well, the, the, no, but like, I think that's what this is ultimately saying is like, okay, this is about people overcoming their station in life, whether it be trailer trash from Nevada or uh, somebody that's just like, I don't want to go to, I don't want to go to law school or, you know, having a disability. They eventually mm-hmm. overcome it uh, and they, through hard work and per, uh, perseverance and, you know, cheating won't, cut, doing shortcuts will ultimately never uh, pay out. Except, yeah. except uh, when you fa- fall in love because fuck all that, it's love <laughs> conquers all. Oh, like, yeah, what the fuck? Wait, yeah, what? Cr- yeah, a woman's career doesn't matter. She yeah. has to make a family. She has to have babies. Yeah. 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 Very true. Very true. Yeah. Like, hmm, should and, I? Um, thank you sorry, for your God. services to all flight attendants. I'm sorry if I like it's I was just kind of wrapping my brain around John Whitney's character. I was like, I feel like he could overcome whatever he has to go and be a flight attendant. Or or just work for a different company that yeah. Would hire him for a flight attendant. Like, why does he have to work for the royal one? Just because it's yeah. quote unquote the best. Yeah. Okay, so Donna hmm. um, gets the first class international that she's always wanted, 
and at her air, her um, on her airplane, she runs into Christine, and they get into a real bad tussle, like thrown against the wall, face into bread. Oh my god, that was crazy. <laughs> Which was, was, it was what? Like a Do real, they do they serve bread on flights? Like just because she was going to France, fr- France, there were there was a fucking baguette on the flight. Like I don't yeah, know. it was a bowl. It was a yeah. It was like a like big, a, uh, like a big round thing. Yeah, like a sourdough bowl. Like were they going oh, yeah. to San Francisco? Yeah, <laughs> for some clam chowder. But, but that, yeah, it was like it was like gotta save the face, gotta save my makeup. What do I do? I mean, if, uh, bread. Yeah, a bread will, will will save my makeup. Yeah. Yeah. But rather than try to get up, yes, get off the um, ground. So Christine um, gets pulled off of Donna, uh, just as like uh, passengers start to board, and she just brushes herself off, and hence, like, starts a montage of her life henceforth, where she lives her Parisian dream. She's sitting on a bridge in a cute outfit, which is from the magazine. Did you guys catch that? Oh, no. She was wearing the outfit from the magazine, the expensive one. Oh, wow. So she's just like a cipher. She just like. Yeah. She's, she's living her life. She's, she's living well, her dream. She's living other people's. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But, but there, that coat, there that is. Coat, a, like, I, I want that today. Like that. That yeah. was with the beret. Like. Yeah. That was, it's timeless. It was very Audrey timeless. Uh-huh. Um. But it, it comes at a price because it's very lonely existence at the top. She comes yes. home, she goes to work, she has nobody at home. And then um, at one Christmas party, which you mentioned, that she like takes somebody's shift because she felt like uh, she wanted to um, allow her co-worker to stay at home with the, her kids during Christmas. And she... Yeah, so shitty though. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she could have mentioned it, or like the the friend could have said, "Oh, I want to spend as much time with my family." Just had like that mention. It just felt like she was just taking it on upon herself. Yeah, there's two big problems with this scene. I think, and one Mm -hmm. is definitely like, okay, this woman is a flight attendant living in New York. She probably with two kids. I'm assuming she needs every single fucking cent even if it is for Christmas. Yeah. So it's like, okay, maybe you kind of needed permission for that. Secondly, if this movie is about work or family, there's a coworker who literally has the job and a family. So what the fuck? Yeah. Like, <laughs> what? it just kind of like assumed. ate its own ass on this. Like it didn't, yeah. it didn't work. She just assumed like, I, I got this. Yeah, there yeah. was a lot of assumptions made by Donna in this movie, um, including um, on the way back from Paris on Christmas Day, she runs into Sally, and Sally just tells her straight up, you misinterpreted my book wrong. Like, you could have love and career. You just have to, I don't know, like, compromise, basically. Yeah, yeah she was like, you uh, never told me to dump that guy. yeah. Yeah, she's um so she uh, in order for her to get back to Cleveland to get the guy she um who a uh, Sally covers her shift flying back to um New York from Paris the next morning Donna goes to Ted's family's house 
where uh, they're celebrating obviously Christmas um, like the year year or so before, and she runs into his grandma who is um, doesn't remember her, doesn't remember anything, or is hard of hearing. Yeah, um, nice. but. The whole time, Donna's like confessing how lonely she is and how much she misses Ted and she needs him and stuff. And she asks the grandma, oh, you didn't, or like she mentions to grandma, you didn't listen to anything I said. And then we get the, but I did. (laughs) Chills. Chills. I got chills. Chills. He and it was all along. Yeah. A man listening to a woman. Oh my God. Ted was on a staircase listening to the whole conversation, overlooking her, and comes down, and they embrace, and they kiss years later. And and because she chose him and Cleveland over Paris in first class, years later, she becomes a pilot based out of Cleveland. Which is like, go... Fuck yourself, movie. <laughs> For a movie she, that's about takeoffs and landings, this movie fucking ate shit on the end here. Crash landing. Seriously. You know, she could have been a an instructor at the end. Like, out of Cleveland for the first, like, school for in Cle- set in Cleveland or something. Yeah, but, like, you know, we've seen with, we saw with Mike Myers that that's, like, failure that that means you can't do it so right yeah yeah those who can't do yes teach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's awful teachers are amazing they should be getting know. Uh, a lot more money um yes. anyways <laughs> it ends on a post-credit blooper reel of just super Qu- fun and, stuff and, and quote-unquote blooper reel Yes. <laughs> bloopers. Do this for the bloopers. Yeah. yeah. What, was that dancing? Because maybe I, I was getting water or something. Did I um and did I miss them doing a dance? <clears throat> yes. Yes. Yeah, they, so did, they were doing a dance. They did In a the, cover they, of of uh uh some sort of eighties, seventies uh funk song yeah, in the style in the in the style of uh Royal Academy thing. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, royalty. Yeah. Yes. Oh, we are, we are family. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly yeah. what it was. Anyways, we've come to the uh, end of our recap. Last thoughts, guys. Wow. Last thoughts. I don't know. Um, movies really uh, screwed up in some ways, but I mean, it's Gwyneth. And so, like, I mean, like, again, you know, my dream is to see her in real life and, you know, her walk past me and ignore me. So, like, I mean, I, I have to, like, like the movie. I do like the movie. Um, but, you know, there are just some problems with it. And I, I think that, uh, um, I think Gwyneth is probably embarrassed that she did the movie. She is. <laughs> uh, she has stated in on the record that she thinks this movie is terrible. Uh, so, you're right on that. So, you know, you're one step closer to getting gooped. Yeah, oh my uh, god, I can't wait. Uh yeah. Uh you know, as as I think uh this movie really shined for Mike Myers. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I it's definitely I, better than I, the love guru. 
Yeah, oh, it's gonna be on the list someday. Um, anyways, let's take a break. Now let's get started by letting me give you a little bit of a scenario of what my life is all about. First off, I am 35 years old, I am divorced, and I live in a van down by the river. And welcome back to our uh, the last segment of our podcast. Um, and this is where we do our trailers, and I'll go first, Colette. In a world where this is a kooky comedy sequel, you saw it on stars. A view from the top. This is the sequel, baby, because in this world, this movie did really well. And so, see, in the sequel, there's a young woman who's a hot it girl right now who could play uh, this character. Uh, I can't. Emma Roberts. (laughs) Emma Roberts. Yes. Emma Roberts plays a young trailer trash of a girl who has nothing to live for until she sees that Gwyneth Paltrow is a pilot and she strives to be the best pilot in this man's world. This is View from the Top, number two. White lady behavior. Yeah! Yeah. Wow. Sis from Colette on the landing. Oh my god! Wonderful! I do love the fact that the movie in your world became famous on stars. Uh, (laughs) That's where it really got, it really picked up steam was it got that rotation on stars. Yeah, they needed that stars uh, boost. You talk about Netflix boost, it's more like stars boost. Oh man, that's when you made it. (laughs) <laughs> okay, Colette, uh, your your trailer, please. In a world where we explore, uh, we explore uh, Karens of the world, and um, Gwen Paltrow teaches Emma Roberts the ways of uh, taking over someone's life and using um, strategic tears to si- silence, you know, women of color. <laughs> uh, but fly, fly the friendly skies too. Rated R. Oh, wow. <laughs> A view from the top. A view from the top. You can be whatever you want to be. Whoa. If you're white. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I do love the idea. Is like yours is kind of a horror film, in, in that uh, yeah, it's yeah. like a reverse Django Unchained. It's a reverse. Yeah, film. or get out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get out of the plane. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, we've come to a close. Do you have anything to plug, Colette? No, um, I'm I'm at home, but you can find me at Yummy Coco. Um, I, I, I'm always on Instagram, but I never post. Um, and if I do post, it's like to my stories, Y-U-M-M-I-C-O-C-O, um, for Twitter and for Insta. Um, you know, if you want to 
occasionally see. You can see my son drumming um, if you check me out. Well, thanks for doing the show. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, sure. Thank you. Um, you can follow me at Mary HB Win on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow everything on the show. It's all on our website at innerworldpod.com. Again, please stay home. Keep social distancing. Um, we want to, like, we should advertise flatten the, the curve. Flatten the yeah. curve. That's why we yeah, should be we're, doing we're it. Yeah. on the upward movement. Like, we, yeah. we, ha- we haven't even, it hasn't peaked yet. So we're just. No. Uh, um, so please. Do like us and continue social distancing. Um, especially, think of all the the people who are working front lines right now. They are in desperate need of us to be safe and like not get sick. Um, yeah. Oh my god. Anyways, uh, always like and subscribe uh, to us, and I don't know, share. Uh, yeah. Sharing is caring. Sharing yeah. is caring. Um, yeah. Unless it's the virus. Don't share yeah. that. Stay away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can keep that. You keep that. Yeah, yeah. you keep that. Um, yeah. and that is the end of our show. Have a good night and be safe. Bye. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.